0: There was a legend that haunted that place, the kind that clings like a persistent odour. It was rumoured that in late autumn every year, before the rain turned to snow, the mountain lake would begin to exhale sinister murmurs. They came from the water like steam and rose over the banks with the morning mist when the surface of the lake reflected the sky, heaven mirrored in hell. That was when the hissing began a protracted sound like a howl that enveloped the late 19th century building on the eastern shore of the lake. The school, that's what they called it down in the village, though the purpose and the description of the building had shifted through the years, from Imperial Hunting Lodge to Nazi Command Centre to Sanatorium for Consumptive Children. Now there was only silence along its corridors, only peeling walls, crumbling plaster, and the echoes of solitary footsteps. And in November, that howling that unfurled through the fog, rising to the top floor windows and onto the pitched roof, glistening with frost. But legends were for children, the elderly and nostalgic, and for the faint of heart. This much Agnes Braun knew – the school had been her home for long enough, that she wouldn't let something like nocturnal whispers get to her. She had memorised the creak of each floorboard and every rusty pipe winding through the entrails of those walls, even though most of the building's floors were closed off now and many rooms boarded shut. Ever since the school had been converted into an orphanage, public funding had dwindled and no private benefactor had come forward with a donation. Agnes walked across the kitchen, which was situated in the basement between the pantry and the laundry room. Pushing her trolley, she wove her way through cooking pots that would soon be steaming with greasy vapours. She was alone, at that hour suspended between night and day. Her only companions were the shadow of a furtive rat and the shapes of slaughtered animals left to hang inside what used to be an icebox. She took the service lift up to the first floor. This part of the building was her responsibility. But recently, this task had begun to fill her with a nameless dread, like a latent fever that never quite flared up. The lift groaned under the combined weight of her body and the trolley. The chains and the cables began to squeal, and the cage rattled as it rose, coming to a shaky halt a few metres above. Agnes pulled the metal grate open. The damp-stained first-floor corridor was a long, narrow band of dull blue with a constellation of large, panelled windows on one side. A windowpane was banging against its frame in a steady rhythm. She left her trolley and went over to close the window, the glass was cold and fogged over. She wiped at it with one hand and made a porthole of sorts. Down in the valley, the light of dawn had begun to illuminate the village. The roofs of the houses looked like tiny lead-coloured tiles. Further up, at 1,700 metres above sea level, and between the settlement and the school, the motionless expanse of the lake was beginning to turn pink beneath the mist. The sky was clear. But Agnes knew that the sun that day wouldn't bring any warmth to their steep, sloping clearing. By now she had learned to interpret the migraines that plagued her the moment she stepped out of bed. The fog rose to engulf everything in its path. Light, sounds, even smells became imbued with its stagnating presence, that essence of ancient bones. It seemed to come to life as it climbed over the frostbitten grass and from its tendrils came forth those laments. The sighs of the dead, thought Agnes. It was the Buran, a fierce northeasterly wind. From its source, in distant steps, it had journeyed thousands of kilometres and forced its way into this valley roaring against the riverbanks below the tree line, whirling across the floodplains and howling as it emerged on the other side, only to crash against the rock wall of the mountain. It's just the wind, she kept telling herself. The pendulum clock in the atrium chimed six times. It was getting late, but Agnes stood still. She was conscious that she was tarrying, and she also knew exactly why. It's all in your head. All in your head. She gripped the trolley's metal handle and the bowls on it clattered as she finally willed herself to take a few steps towards the door at the end of the corridor.